Hi, this is Karen Rowland, founder of Hush Providence. Welcome to my new weekly well-being podcast, Real People, Real Conversations, Real Life. We'll be talking about all things relating to the human experience. What makes up a life? What creates joy and happiness? What makes humans the same or different? How do we care for ourselves and each other? We'll even try to answer the five W's of well-being. Who, what, when, where, and why. And how this all fits together. A little ambitious? Maybe. But join us as we connect with local topic experts, peers, mentors, and healers. Welcome to Hush Providence, a well-being podcast. I'm excited to introduce Bo Tompkins to today's episode. Bo is the Vice President of Operations at the Rhode Island Blood Center. And a shout out to Denise Hempe for the introduction and the connection. Welcome, Bo. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Karen. And welcome home. You recently traveled um, for a summer vacation with your family to Utah and the Grand Canyon. Maybe you could elaborate and share some highlights. Oh, yes. It was a wonderful vacation where I had the luxury to be with my wife and both my daughters, uh, who have a 10-year spread in age, so 19 and 9. So to put them in a car and be with them for multiple hours through Salt Lake to Park City to Moab to the Grand Canyon to Irvine, California, the family, we, we survived. We made it. And uh, it was a, a wonderful trip. And I finally disconnected, which allowed me to connect, if that makes any sense. So it, it was a wonderful trip. It was about 13 days. And it was kind of a nice reset to life. And it allowed me to realize that there's a different perspective. Worrying about an email it's really not that important when you kind of take a step back and you look at the stars from the Grand Canyon. So uh, it was this beautiful trip where the family kind of united. And at the end of the trip, the girls said, where are we going to go next? Oh, wow. So I figured, all right, success. We get a check mark. <laughs> so we uh, were thinking Montana next year. So nice. That's, uh, that's kind of our plan. Yeah, that sounds great. So I know that the Blood Center was founded in 1979. It's a division of the New York Blood Center, a non-for-profit corporation, and you joined in 2008. Maybe you could share your journey, your career journey. Yeah, sure. So I started, like you said, in 08, and I was in the uh, hospital services or distribution department. And, you know, I was in my 20s, so it was kind of more of the clock in, clock out time period of your life. And I was learning and it was interesting, and but I didn't really understand the value of the, the job and the role and the mission. And, um, you know, I, I came from a blue collar family. I knew how to work, you know, get up earlier, stay up later, get the job done. So I just applied what I learned from my parents and it worked. And it was actually a rather simple recipe to success. And, and then I kind of transitioned into more of a leadership role uh, as the director of hospital services, which really had the added component of managing the inventory and working with all of our community and local hospitals and truly understanding their needs beyond just a transaction of you need 10 of this and I send you 10 of this. It's so much more than that. So kind of at the same time as I was figuring that out, I it went from a job to a career. And then, you know, it kind of gave me more purpose to, to wake up and to be more thoughtful about what happens before your role and what happens after your role. And so it was kind of like it was in this parallel uh, growth with my life as well. Um, and now you land me in my 40s in a leadership role um, as the vice president of operations. But again, I could have never gotten here if I hadn't gone through 
all of those trials and learning, you know, don't go right, go left and, and kind of having those many failures. And now it's, I mean, a career is not even the word. It, it's kind of a purpose. I mean, when you figure out that you could be lucky enough to have a role to save people's lives, I mean, that's pretty profound. I mean, I, I get choked up even, mm. you know, saying So that. that's basically the mission of the blood center. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, it has been a heck of a ride. Um, and I'm really, really glad that I finally figured out it's more than a job. It's more than a career. So, um, so yeah, I'm all in, you know, the mission, you know, it never stops. It's 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And there's always problems, but we've learned to adjust our perception and that really they're opportunities. So as long as you lean into that problem, we can solve it. And we always do. And typically we need the help of the community, uh, patients, donors, doctors, the whole healthcare system. It's this rather complex system. But if we all kind of row in the same direction, it, it is pretty amazing what we can accomplish. So passion and purpose. It's so important. It sounds like you found all of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. So you have lab services. You're the only state-of-the-art full-service lab in New England. An estimated 280 units of blood per day required to meet the needs of patients in the hospitals and 400,000 donations collected annually on average. That's amazing. Yeah. So maybe we could play a little speed round on some some myths, some donor eligibility myths. Sure. So, okay. So tattoos. So tattoos. A lot of people think, oh, my goodness, I got a tattoo. I can't donate. Uh, that's that's not correct. And ironically, I actually got a tattoo last night, believe it or not. <laughs> I know the listeners won't be able to see this, but you can see a little piece of my arm. But yeah, in the state of Rhode Island, it's actually a licensed state. So you can receive a tattoo. And as long as you're about two weeks post the tattoo and you've healed, then you can absolutely donate. And there are some neighboring states, Massachusetts, Connecticut, where some of the, the laws are just a bit different. The easiest way is to kind of go to our website, ribc.org, and you can go to donor eligibility, and it actually has frequently asked questions. And that's where a lot of this information uh, can be found. But yep, you can donate if you've had a tattoo, which is a huge common myth, but we're going to bust that myth today. Is this your first tattoo? Uh, no, I, no. I okay. you know, started in the 20s and... <laughs> I guess it's just growing along. However, I, I was at least smart enough. I can wear long sleeves and I look <laughs> perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. How about if um, if you've lived in Europe? Yeah. So, well, you know, for years and years, uh, Mad Cow, uh, CJD, there were different uh, requirements and, and pieces that would make you ineligible. However, due to some robust testing and working with the uh, the government, the FDA, a lot of those have been lifted. Um, and so the best thing to do is a lot of people think, well, I, you know, I used to live in the UK or I lived in Ireland for, for X amount of years. The best thing to do is it's all so easy and it's right on our website, but the majority of those, uh, deferrals have been lifted. And so, you know, we know enough about our donors. So we know that Karen, if you came in and you were previously deferred because you lived in the UK for 10 years, we actually proactively reached back out to you based with your address and whatever uh, contact information we had and tried to educate you to come back. And then we work with media and social platforms to, to spread that word. But again, the best place is to go to ribc.org and you can kind of do a quick little check to see, oh, I am eligible and I thought I wasn't. Okay, great. And how long does the donation process take? 
you know, the actual process only takes about 15 minutes. Um, but the best way to budget your time, because we need to meet you and greet you, and we've got to make sure you're feeling healthy and well, and you go for a, go through a short interview process. The best way to look at it is that it takes about an hour. Um, but the actual donation process, 15 minutes, and believe it or not, it's basically painless. It's just a little pinprick. Mm -hmm. uh, which again, a lot of people may have fear of needles. Um, however, you barely feel it. I mean, I'm an avid donor. I, you know, I donate every 56 days when I can. And um, it's actually quite painless. And I always am amazed. I look over and go, oh, you already did it. So it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and they do their little finger prick. It, it's really that easy. And it's every 56 days. Is that what you said? Yeah. So there's different uh, collection procedures. So the majority of donors will donate whole blood. So that's kind of the first thing that you're introduced to. That's the big red bag of blood where they take about a pint. And so that is where you're eligible every 56 days. And then once we learn and we go, okay, Karen, you know, Karen is a group O donor. So we'd like to find out if Karen's interested in double red cells. And that's a form of automated collection where we actually use a different machine and we take your red cells, but we give you back your platelets and your plasma. A lot of the time you actually feel even more energized after the donation. And then we end up getting two red cells. So there's different platforms and, and really the donor, when you're introduced to it uh, the first time, you'll be a whole blood donor. And then the staff can educate you on, okay, now that we know your blood type, this would be the best collection that suits you know our needs. And then we go through it and explain it. And then through time, donors typically transition into an automated donor based on their ABORH and, and what we know about them. So it's amazing. You can you can go almost as complex as you want, or you can simplify it. But the easiest thing for donors and listeners is it's about an hour of time, and you're just going to learn so much as you go through the process. Awesome. What about if I have diabetes? So again, it's another myth where one would think, oh my goodness, I have diabetes. There's no way that I can donate. However, if it is controlled and you've got your physician's support, and we will ask you a couple additional questions for diabetes and or many other you know, unique things that donors may have, it is quite amazing how many are eligible to donate and it'll have no adverse impact on you. And again, you're potentially saving three lives. And so that feeling, that's the one I'm kind of addicted to, that feeling knowing, oh my goodness. I did something really good today. Mm. Uh, so yeah, diabetes is another one that that would throw people off. But again, if you're listening, go to rabc.org and, and you'll be able to really determine uh, if you, we think you'd be a good fit. And what about access? How many locations do you have? So throughout the state of Rhode Island, we've got six fixed uh, donor sites. So that's where you walk in. It's a brick and mortar you know, building and facility. And then we also have mobile operations where we will either use one of our big giant uh, buses that you've probably seen on the highway. It's almost like a rolling billboard driving through. And or maybe we go to a church or a certain uh, venue, and then we will actually have an inside set up in a place of business. And we typically do three to four, sometimes five mobile operations a day. So well over 100 a month. So there's there's rather easy access. And Rhode Island's not that big. So <laughs> you're, you're going to see us one way or the other. <laughs> so it should be rather convenient, whether your place of work hosts one and or you want to come visit us at one of our existing six. And now a shout out to our sponsor, The Good Seed Market, 138 Central Avenue, Seekonk, Massachusetts. Started in 1989 by three friends with a goal of creating a neighborhood market offering simple, natural, organic products for a healthy lifestyle. 
now a member of the Independent Natural Foods Retailer Association, our friends at The Good Seed are offering our listeners a 10% discount on their first purchase just by mentioning Hush Providence. The Good Seed Market, a place where ideas can grow. Sites. So extreme weather, the pandemic, that all plays into your inventory levels. How do you pivot around all of that? It's, uh, it is a challenge. Um, and I guess the easiest message is there is always going to be inclement weather. Uh, there's always going to be something going on in the news, whether it's man-made or some natural disaster or a supply chain shortage. I, I hope we don't have many more pandemics. So that's kind of an extreme example. However, it is the reality. And so the easiest thing to tell people is make an appointment to donate and become a regular blood donor. So what we typically see is we see these spikes in valleys where there'll be some type of event that will gain some traction in the media and then people will want to do the right thing and they want to come out and donate, but they donate once and they kind of think that they've done what they needed to do, but it's a constant need of supply. So right now our supplies are low, uh, guarded, uh, if you will, and we've got two to three days of supply. So you know, we're about to enter uh, the lovely New England weather uh, and winter. So you can see how we could lose an entire day of collection if it's really that bad out. But then we also might lose a day on the other side due to maybe a planned holiday, or maybe we have some type of testing supply. So you can see how dicey it gets when you only have that many days of supply, which is another great reason we're part of the New York Blood Center enterprise, because we've got sister blood centers and we can kind of work together and you know, hopefully we aren't all experiencing the same inclement weather. So we do have the ability to pivot around these certain scenarios and proactively plan. So what's the best way to get involved? So there's multiple ways to get involved. So uh, I would say approximately 40% of the population is eligible to donate. But, you know, I understand maybe you don't want to donate. It's not for you. Maybe you're not eligible. You could become a blood drive sponsor where you actually coordinate and facilitate hosting a blood drive. You could donate financially from a philanthropic standpoint. And all of this is on our website. Um, so you could be a donor, both financially or with, uh, you know, your life-saving blood donation. You could host a blood drive, really raising awareness, friends and family, repost from our social. You know, there's always different incentives that are going on. Um, cute little punny things. Our marketing department is rather creative. They they make me laugh almost daily, which is <laughs> needed in this day and an age. Uh, but I will, I will leave you with one thing. I, you know, every time I watch the news, it's almost overwhelming with all the problems in the world. However, here we have a problem that's actually extremely solvable. So 37% of the population is eligible to donate, only about 3% donate. So we actually have the ability to greatly positively impact our inventory and then say the word yes to all of our local hospitals. So here's a problem that we can solve, takes about an hour of time. Uh, and you're going to feel really good about it because you will leave knowing that you have likely positively extended and helped someone's life, which is a it's a pretty darn good feeling. A lot of opportunity there, too, to grow. Yeah, absolutely. So there are five well-being components, nutrition, exercise, mindset, financial well-being, and community. So let's get a little personal. You mentioned in our discovery call about your inspirational personal transformation with nutrition and exercise, and I'm hoping you can share some more today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was January of uh, 2021. 
And uh, my my wife, who's one of the best human beings I've ever met, uh, let me know she was a little bit worried about my my health and wellness. And I had been feeling the stress of work and you know, I was ending my 30s and I was kind of in a slump, which uh, many people may be able to relate with. And uh, she shared with me that some of our friends had entered this program with uh, Dignity Weight Center it's out of Boston. And uh, it's a program for weight loss. And I thought, well, gosh, I mean, we've all tried so many diets and you try to go to the gym and nothing was really working. Um, so ultimately, I joined this program and, and, and met a woman named Danielle, who basically educated me in all these different pillars of your life, because you can't just focus on just the diet. It's really all interconnected. And um, to, to really shorten it up, I realized it, it, it wasn't my wife that I needed to, to make proud or make a promise to. It wasn't this stranger that I've met that's trying to keep me accountable. It was myself. And I finally realized, gosh, you know, I'm, it's really me. If I'm going to make a promise to someone and I make it to myself, my goodness, don't break a promise to yourself. So I kind of committed and jumped in uh, headfirst really into working out and tracking my food. And the crazy thing is, uh, you know, over the course of about six months, I, I did lose weight and I did get, you know, more physically fit. But it all ended up being a mental uh, win for me. And I realized it's not even physical. It really is in your mind. And you really do have the ability to adjust your perspective. And so I kind of built this bulletproof uh, morning routine, which I swear by. And I, my poor staff that I constantly inform them day in and day out. <laughs> You need to be an early riser and you need to spend time by yourself. And so I kind of built in this hour of time. And again, no one has time. You have to make time. So I get up around 4.30 a.m. And that first hour of time, I'm not a husband. I'm not a father. I'm not an employee. I'm just Bo. And it's just me. And I have a cup of coffee. I do an 11 and a half minute, you know, headspace meditation where I just simply calm myself. And then I go do something as hard as I possibly can, something very physical. I got into running. I couldn't run a mile in January of 21. I'm now preparing for an ultra marathon of 31 miles. Wow. So, and I'm just an average person. There is nothing special about me. But what I realized is you, you can't live off of feelings or motivation. You have to have commitment. You have to have discipline. You have to have dedication. And if you can just do those things every morning for a certain amount of time, Everything else just kind of fell into place. But I started looking for these little inspirations everywhere I went. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I, I emailed you and I had to reschedule our podcast. And you know what you did? You wrote me back and you said, just breathe. I don't know if you know that, but that greatly helped me that day. And guess what? The other day, a, a woman, uh, one of my colleagues, I could tell she was going through a tough day. So guess what I did? I said, hey, just breathe. <laughs> she comes back and says the same thing. So you kind of start to collect this arsenal of all these little habits. And I, I put them at the beginning of my day. That might not work for everyone. Maybe it's the end of the day. Maybe you work a different shift. But if you can find a way to carve out time for yourself and then really focus on mentally, can you do more? Can you educate yourself? You know, now it, it flowed into, I don't like TV anymore. I honestly feel like it's kind of a waste of time. So I've gotten into podcasts and now I try to read 10 pages a night, five nights a week. And now that's turning into now I can't put the book down. And so it's like th these little evolutions that have occurred in my life. And it's financial, spiritual, nutritional, you know, in my relationship. I'm literally falling in love with my wife again, which is so fun. 
No, I'm getting choked up again, Karen. <laughs> oh, boy. Luckily, these listeners can't see me. <laughs> this will be on YouTube, so I'm just... Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, you said there's nothing special about you, and I disagree. I think there's something very special about you, and your story is very inspirational. It's going to resonate with a lot of people. So thank you for sharing that today. Yeah. Um, now I'm getting emotional. So <laughs> um, if you were writing an autobiography, what would this chapter in the book be called? Okay, this is a good question. I think I would title it Just Getting Started. I think I'm ready to blast off. I, I, It's all kind of come to this pivotal moment and I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. So it's just the beginning. That's and I'm awesome. I'm looking forward to what's next. Congratulations on all your success, professionally, personally. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to meet you and talk with you. And to all of our listeners, until next time, be well. Thanks, Bo. Appreciate it. Thank you, Karen. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Hush Providence, a well-being podcast. This would not be possible without the incredible help from Jamie Farinella and Stephanie Whitehead on branding and logo concept. John Papa's endless generosity, David Davignon and Austin Lynch for their skilled technical expertise, and of course, our amazing guests, and all of you, our listeners. Until next time, be well.